0: Hey, welcome back to season four of Pitching on Hockey, a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris, and today's co-host Heath.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: And you know us—we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply a couple attendees that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome special guest goaltender for the USPHL Chicago Crush, Jack Sundhal. Sundahl, damn it, Jack Sundahl. Yeah. Jack, our... <laughs> Jack, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. How are you guys doing?
0: Good. good apparently no. i still can't pronounce this but you telling me how to say your name and i still screwed it up <laughs>
2: no, that's fine that's fine i'm used to it
0: i've actually been saying soon hall i think if you've heard any of the podcasts i think i've always pronounced it soon hall instead of sund hall um, yeah but yeah i think it was uh the um the danish kid that uh jack uh jonathan yakshoi where i i don't remember how i pronounced his name during the draft beginning of this year, but uh yeah, a couple people reached out and phonetically spelled it out for me. And so that yeah. was helpful. But uh yeah. But yeah, Jack, so how's life in Chicago?
2: It's great. It's great. I love it. I mean coming from Gothenburg, Sweden, I mean with half a million in population, I mean coming to the big town of Chicago, it's kinda it's way different to say at least. I mean now we're here and I gotta be honest with you. I didn't think the winter was going to be this tough as it is. Like coming from Sweden, I mean <laughs> I mean i thought i thought i had the peak of uh winter but i mean the wind here certainly does its uh, job if that makes sense
1: well it's yeah, definitely not um, called the windy city for for any particular reason that's for sure
2: yeah
0: yeah it's uh I've, I've gone through chicago a couple times but i've never spent any significant time in it i've made a lot of friends from chicago so they're always they're always talking deep dish pizza. I personally think it's overrated. But I don't want to say yeah, that man. too loudly on a podcast where a bunch of people from Chicago might hear that. But I know Chicago has other pizza, but I, yeah. the deep dish isn't for me.
2: Yeah, I got to agree with you. I mean, it got probably the worst heartburn of my life eating the first slice of uh, <laughs> <laughs> deep dish pizza. So, I mean, I'll keep myself away from that, I guess.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so, Jack. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your hockey life.
2: Yeah, so as I said, I'm from Gothenburg, Sweden. Uh, I'm born in 2003, so I'm doing my last year of juniors. Um, I kind of played hockey since I was four years old. I uh, kind of fell in love with the gear of uh, goaltending and one of the cool pads and helmet and all that. So that kind of started with my goaltending. Um, and yeah, played... Um, yeah, played since I was four years old, uh, played up till I graduated high school in Sweden, um, where I played like G20 Elite, it was called then, I think it's called Regional now. Um, went over last year, played a season with the Pueblo Bulls here in the USPJL Premier, and now I ended up in Chicago Crush, and yeah, that's kind of it, I guess.
0: Yeah, you were impressive when you played in Pueblo, uh, that's basically... You know, I'd watched every game, literally every game out of the West last year. I can't do that this year. Uh, but yeah. I watched every single game yes. from the Pacific, the Northwest, and the Mountain Division last year. So I got to see a bunch of games that you got to start. And, uh, yeah, very impressed. And uh, and this year, I mean, with Chicago, you're in the top 10 of the entire USPHL uh, with, yeah. your, with your stats and your save percentage. So really good season so far with Chicago.
2: Yeah, I mean... Uh, It's been kind of a different year this year, I mean, come from Pueblo last year, kind of like learning season, I guess, playing behind Alex Temes and Lucas Björk, I mean, two great guys, two great goalies, Uh, and kind of ended up in Chicago, where I kind of got the starting job and never looked back since, and the team is doing good, I mean, we're a very deep team, I would say, We don't score much. We don't let in much. I mean, we're kind of like winning with one goal games. I think Dan K. Show said something about that, that we always win with one goal every game. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, personally, it's going very well. I mean, got the guys behind me to support me. Got the good defense. And the owner group of Chicago Crush is phenomenal in coaching. Steve Maltese and Phil Buschbacher is probably the two best coaches I've ever had. So, yeah, I mean, love it here, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. We talked about this uh, before we actually got in the pod, but definitely those one goal games. You know, those are the games you want to be in as a goalie, right? You want to be that difference yeah. maker. Um, n- now let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more about your goaltending development. Obviously, you grew up in Sweden. What are you What have you noticed is the difference between Sweden hockey and coming to the U.S. and kind of seeing how goalies are developed here? What What, what are the key differences that you've kind of seen?
2: So I would say, like. When I came here first time, I was so shocked about the big difference between playing on an NHL rink and Olympic. Um, mm-hmm. It was a huge difference for me as a goaltender with angles. It took me some time to kind of get used to that. Uh, yeah. And then, like goaltending wise, I would say in Europe, like we're in Sweden, especially we're so well. Like we get RVH all the time and using the hands a lot. Over here, I would say like every goaltender I've played with who's North American is so good playing the puck. Like, it's just natural for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Because it's more like, I would say it's more straightforward hockey here. Mm -hmm. Way more physical. Like, I don't think I've. I got run over two times when I played over in Sweden, maybe in my entire career. Like, first game in Pueblo, probably got run over like five times in a game. So. I mean, way more straightforward, got to be better with the rebounds. Uh, and yeah, but I mean, it's I like it here. I mean, I think the hockey is way more like hockey should be. I mean, mm-hmm. way more straightforward, uh, more, I would say more structured too. I mean, in Sweden, it's a little bit more skilled, I would say, um, but no hits. Like, you rarely see any hits in Swedish hockey.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that, you know, you kind of touched on it, that the difference in the Olympic size to the NHL rink, I think that that is a key factor on why goaltenders over here play the puck more you can, you know, get behind the net easier. Obviously, in an Olympic rink, there's a lot more room behind the net. Um, you know, it, it's harder to get back to your net if there's a mistake behind the net, uh, rather than an NHL rink, you have that opportunity. Um, but no, definitely it's, it's uh, the, the, you know, I've played with a couple of Swedish goaltenders and and definitely they the differences that I've seen personally is the skating ability is just, it's almost like that's what's focused on at a young age. Would you say that that's the same thing over there? Do you guys focus really on the skating before stopping the puck?
2: Yeah, I would say like, I remember growing up uh, and it was like, when we had a goalie coach out, like, you skated for 40 minutes and softbox for 20. Uh, Wow. Because they really, like, I mean, and I kind of love that idea that, like, if you can skate, you can stop the puck. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I'm thankful for having those coaches, and, I mean, I see now that, like, it's way easier as a goalie to control the game if you can skate well. Uh, Always be on your toes, like, getting your angles right um and then like I would say a huge difference too that I'm thankful for is like the positioning too uh I would say if I wouldn't be practicing as much skating that when I was younger I probably wouldn't have been like it playing on a smaller rink as fast as I was because with the skating I mean mm-hmm. it's always something to rely on I guess
1: yeah no yeah. definitely that that's 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 definitely the number one thing that I've realized. Uh, you know, playing junior hockey, obviously with a bunch of different people from a bunch of different places all over the world. Just the differences in uh the way people play when they come to the US. Uh, you know, it takes a couple of games to get used to it. Even as a player, um, I've seen it multiple times, uh, where players aren't comfortable playing in the smaller rinks and then they start getting used to it. They start getting used to the physicality and all that kind of stuff. Even the goalies have to get used to physicality in you know, in the United States. So it's in uh, North America in general. But no, it's it's definitely something that I've realized is I don't think the U.S. goaltending development program, um, I don't think there's enough focus on skating. Um, it's something that, you know, I put into my game a lot. Uh, I played with a couple of really good uh, Swedish goaltenders when I first played in San Diego um, and they worked on skating constantly. Uh, it was almost a thing where whenever they were out of the net, they were skating, doing something with their feet, trying to get their feet better. And um, that's something to all the young goaltenders out there. Definitely, definitely, you know, if you're out of the net, work on your work on your edges. It works. Uh, it works wonders when you're in a game. Yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, it's, like I said, it's always something to rely on. Yes. Uh, so yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's kind of the differences in like a lot of the the development of the goalies versus, uh, you know, Sweden versus the United States there and maybe just maybe uh, parts of Scandinavia versus like North America there. But uh, in terms of like the differences coming over and playing hockey in the United States uh, specifically, one thing I learned from heading in that direction and spending the last couple of years in Copenhagen Um, which is obviously Sweden's uh, neighbor there in Denmark um, for people who Mm -hmm. may not know that they are neighbors and, and they very much love each other, but it's the different in the difference in junior hockey and in this, this junior hockey system in Denmark. And I, I feel like Denmark and Sweden were pretty similar in their, in their systems in terms of how players developed. And you didn't really, you didn't really move around a lot within the junior hockey systems there you kind of develop with an organization um and you kind of develop up into that organization until maybe players become uh, a little bit different elite i know one player i was tracking there uh he was playing in herning and um, probably pronouncing that horrible in denmark and then he ended up going to malmo over in Mm sweden yeah and uh and because he was on like the danish national team uh solid defender and uh you know and for me, unfortunately, that means I also lost. Uh, I'd be able to watch that player because I only had Donks TV, um, mm-hmm. which didn't include uh the, the the Svensk TV for uh for Swedish hockey, so like hockey mm-hmm. TV that used to exist here and and now is flow hockey. I didn't get the chance to watch them, but coming over from that system, where what did you see? I guess my question in that is the differences between the the system you kind of grew up in in Gothenburg and then. And the changes to the U.S. system in terms of like trades, uh, players moving, how much of a how much did that take you to get used to? Because I'm assuming um, from hearing a lot of the we have a lot of Swedish listeners uh, out there um, mm-hmm. and uh, we get the question a lot from Swedish parents, Swedish players. They, they have comments towards um, their, their players over here getting used to the trade culture. Uh, Was that something that you had to get used to, watching players that you kind of got familiar with there last season in Pueblo and maybe this season in Chicago? Maybe more of a shock when you first got to Pueblo of players being sent out?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, that was one of the biggest, like, differences, I would say. Like you said, like, in Sweden, I mean, I played from my U15 year up until juniors in Sweden in the same organization. And I would say that that's super common. Like, you don't really move. Uh, you don't really have like a billeting um, culture in Sweden. You stay at home and you go to your high school and play at home, I guess. So coming okay. over to Pueblo last year with trades, um, yeah, that was a huge difference. I mean, definitely took me a while to get used to. Um, I mean, I would say that there's differences in every organization with how much they trade and how much they don't. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, you' getting to know guys like getting to know them at the friendship level and then just one day they're gone i mean but you kind of get used to that that's a part of junior hockey and i just feel like i kind of get it i kind of don't i mean i'm used to not being able to see trades but yeah there's a difference but i mean i don't feel like there's that much trading in my like USPHL Premier as that you have to be scared about it. If that makes sense, like if yeah, you do, yeah. uh, and I feel like it's good too. Like if you don't like where you're at, I mean, you can request a trade and get moved in like 24 hours. I mean, it's both good and bad, I guess. But at all, we wouldn't say it's something you should be worried about if you're coming over.
1: Uh, yeah no definitely definitely it's something that you know i i've seen firsthand uh a lot last season personally uh saw a lot of trades that that's for sure um but no it's it's definitely a culture shock um for for Mm -hmm. a lot of the people who come over um to just all of a sudden walk in a locker room and your buddy you sat next to and you got comfortable sitting next to and you know all of a sudden they're gone and there's a new name played up and New guys coming in or you didn't get anybody back in the trade. You just traded one way. And, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. for for anyone who's listening, you know, from Sweden or any other, you know, that doesn't understand about trades, uh, it will happen. You will see it happen probably once, I would say, in a season, uh, to, mm-hmm. to somebody. Um yeah. and, you know, it, it can it could it could be really good for your team or you know, it could be something where you know, your team didn't want the trade to happen, but that guy just didn't feel like he was getting the minutes or, or whatnot that he wanted. So it's uh, it's definitely definitely really interesting to see your guys' perspective on, you know, how it is. Because obviously you guys grow up in the same system, right, if I'm not mistaken, over in Sweden?
2: Yeah, I mean, you kind of like – I switch organization to U15s, but, like, I know kids who stayed in the same – like, you start in U8 and you play up to juniors, you know what I mean? It's not a lot of yeah. movement. Um, so, I mean, but I would say, like, as an European going over, I mean, like, it, it's similar to pro hockey. Like, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that you won't see it too often to be worried about it, but it still happens. I mean, it's good and bad with it, too. Like, there's not just cons with trades. I mean, there's pros, too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But, it's so then, yeah, it's a culture shock.
0: So, then you also mentioned um, when you were talking there about uh, that the Sweden doesn't really have the building culture either because you don't really have the same kind of junior hockey system where players move around a lot. So yeah. coming over to the United States and then starting off in Pueblo, and you can kind of kind of go back and forth however you want to do it, talking about like uh, your building experiences between Pueblo and Chicago. But tell our listeners a little bit about what it's like now to move across the world and move in with a family on the other side of the world.
2: Yeah. I mean – I remember last year when I went over, it's for sure scary. I mean, you're moving away, like, it's a time difference. You're taking a flight that takes 12 hours over to another part of the world by yourself. But immediately when I landed in Pueblo and my billet family picked me up, I mean, they take you in this one as your own. Like, I talk, still talk to my billet family in Pueblo every day. Uh, I usually say that the world... Billet like disappears in a week, they're your family, you're one of them as soon as possible. Um, so and here in Chicago, too, like I've had two phenomenal billet experiences. I mean, I've got two new families for life, and two bonds like two families two billet brothers, two billet moms, two billet dads. I mean, it's it's great. Um, so I mean I would say that like everybody billets like all the guys I know is super happy about it they still talk to their billets every day even they moved out and I mean it's scary and it's nice to get another family takes care of you and uh, treats you like one of your own I mean you kind of get that family feeling of being away from home so yeah I have nothing bad to say about it like I love both my billets families and it's a bond you'll have for the rest of your life, so I love that culture.
1: You know, that's something that I didn't get anywhere that I went was a billet situation. Um, so that that's definitely great to hear. I mean, some teams, uh, especially on the Pacific West Coast, don't have a lot of billets, um, mm-hmm. and so you either have to find your own home or uh, or it's a team house or something like that, where you know you don't have that family connection. So if you're away from your family. I know some, it can be really hard for some guys and some guys, you know, they take it as an opportunity to, to, you know, get away from their roots and stuff. And when they go back home, it's almost like a culture shock as well, but no, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely great to hear that you, you've had two amazing billet experiences. Um, You know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's really, really, really good, especially as a goalie. Um, You know, 99% of our game is mental, right? So if you're in a really Mm -hmm. shitty situation at home and, you got stuff going on. You're not going to be as focused on the ice, and so to take that away and take that out of the mind of a goalie is—it's it, amazing. It's—it's a—it's a great thing. That's for
2: sure. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, you get the mental support you need. Um, I know it's yeah. definitely you're going to have tough times, so you miss home a lot. Um, but then you have a family. Like it's like I said, like the word "billet" disappears within a week, uh, and they're your family for the rest of your life too. So. I mean I have nothing bad to say about my Billet experiences and it's I mean so giving too like going to a different part of the world, like experiencing a different culture and getting to know amazing people. I mean it's something I would recommend for everyone.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You said you said uh getting used to a different culture. I got a I got a non-hockey question for you. Um what is what is your favorite uh, new food that you've tried since coming to the U.S. that you just that you absolutely love?
2: That's a tough one. I mean, we had in Pueblo, we had something called green chili. It's like in <laughs> yeah. kind like in yep. chili sauce. I mean, it looks like throw up, but it's amazing. <laughs> like. First time I saw it, I was like, "There's no way this is real food. Should I give it to the dog or should I eat it myself?" But when I tr- when I tried it, it was one of the best things I've ever had.
1: Well, that was not that was not the typical answer that I was expecting, <laughs> but I but I I definitely uh, I I really appreciate the the uh, the answer that's not like, "Oh, I like pizza," or "Oh, I really like your burgers." So something different was really nice to hear for once uh if i'm up in if i'm up in Pueblo ever i'll i'll try that um for sure yeah
2: Yeah, you gotta try it they had their breakfast burritos smothered in green chili i mean that was the best like after a morning skate before a game it was phenomenal nothing beats it
0: you think you're gonna bring that tradition back to uh sweden when you go home eventually
2: yeah I i hope i'm gonna yeah i hope i mean I'm not the best cook, so probably have to take me a couple of tries, maybe a couple of years to to make a good green chili. But I mean, I'll try. I'll try. Do my best.
0: But let's take a moment to recognize a sponsor for this episode, and that's going to be DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. In fact, tonight, the Buffalo Sabres visit the Los Angeles Kings, and there's a 6.5 over and under. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks in the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024, all rights reserved. We again want to thank DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. So, having two different billet families now uh, puts you on the mm-hmm. spot, I guess. So, Family One in Pueblo, what
2: mm-hmm. was your
0: favorite meal at home with Family One in Pueblo?
2: Oh, my billet, in Pueblo was a phenomenal cook. Like, it was the best. I mean, I gotta say, your enchiladas, it was insane. Like, come from okay. Sweden, you don't really. Eat a lot of mexican food but i fell in love with those immediately it was the best
0: that's an incredible food i mean and i can imagine yeah, that it's, an, it's an incredible
1: answer dinner. too oh yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: well how about family uh Bill, or not Bill family but family two there in chicago what's your favorite dish so far there
2: oh i gotta say my norm here cooks phenomenal steak it's insane Ooh. so yeah
0: Ooh.
1: that's a little pre steak
2: or yeah. pre <laughs> well, pregame meatballs all the way. You know me have the Swede. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot.
0: Are there any Ikeas anywhere near... Oh, there's got to be in Chicago.
2: Yeah. We have two that's like 20 minutes away, so always got to go there to get some good meatballs.
0: Do they stand up to the test? Are they like home, or uh, are they kind of Americanized a bit?
2: I mean, they're scary, like... Very similar to home. I mean, okay. it's crazy. So yeah, it, it's good. I mean, nothing beats like my grandma's meatballs, but like going to Ikea every now and then and getting some meatballs, I mean, it certainly makes you feel like home.
0: And that's always a good date idea, guys, out there. Like I, uh, when me and my wife first got married, there was um, there really wasn't many Ikeas anywhere we've lived since, but there was one right out there. We live in, in England and there was one in Coventry. And it was yeah. right across from the rink. So when I'd go to see the Coventry Blaze games uh, there in the IHL, uh, just mm-hmm. go over to Ikea, get some Swedish meatballs. Great date night. Perfect yeah. Swedish meatballs nothing and hockey.
2: Yeah, nothing beats that. I mean, you just got to get some Swedish candy, too. Then you're set.
0: Ooh, what's a Swedish candy? Tell our listeners.
2: Oh, I mean, Swedish candy, nothing beats it. It's So we have kind of like so you go to a store, you get your bag, then you pick your own candy selection, I guess. Like it's kind of a big wall with different bags of candy, and like you pick from every bag. But it's insane. Mm. Like everybody who's tried it, I mean, I still order from a store in Pennsylvania. Shout out to them. Uh it's insane. Like, I mean, American candy, it's all right, but I mean if you get the chance to try Swedish candy or you're never gonna be able to eat American candy ever again I guess
1: well that's definitely definitely on my bucket list now um yeah. definitely gonna to have to try Swedish candy y- you said that American candy is not awful but it's not great either if you had to choose <laughs> if you had to choose one what would you what would you add to your Swedish candy collection if it was uh from the American side
2: Oof. Oof what I add? I mean, nothing beats sour patch kids watermelon. That those are Ew. great. Oh, you don't, you don't like it?
1: That's a great, a- great answer. That's a great
0: answer. That's a good choice. No,
1: that, that is a great answer. They're good. That is. I mean, they are. They are good.
2: Yeah, they're. I mean, some snacks on the way home from a from a weekend with games. I mean, having those and chocolate chip cookies. I mean, it makes the trip trip back a little bit better. I guess. Oh, yeah. Yes, 100%.
0: That's another thing. Like, in a, what's the travel culture like in, in Swedish hockey? Like, do you take a, those long term bus trips up to other places and and, and compete or are you used to those long road trips already before you got to even like a Pueblo for the first time?
2: No, like, I mean, when I played so, like, in U16s, it's kind of like U16 and U18s, you don't really travel that much. I mean, if you go and try like play the highest U18 tier or like the highest junior tier, of course you're gonna travel a lot then. But I I mean, when I played U20, uh, like U20 Elite, it's kind of like the second tier, I guess. It's, I mean, the longest travel was five hours. I mean, then you really started travel. But when I came to Pueblo, we had those like 16 hour bus trips to Idaho and 12 to Utah. I mean that was tough, but I mean, it's fun too, like being around with your team and messing around. I mean it's certainly a team bonding experience, but it's way different from Sweden. I mean Sweden is so much smaller, so so yeah,
0: yeah i I think it's um if if I was like I don't know a coach of a team or something or an owner of a team and you you're arranging the schedule before the beginning of the season, like a lot of these u s p h l teams have to do, I would want my team to start on the road for a bulk of the games and finish home mm-hmm. for a ball game because so i think starting on the road forces everyone to be in that confined space in the beginning and honestly get some of the road games out of the way while the weather is good yeah. but uh you know and then when you're really streaking towards the playoffs to have that home game advantage is just awesome yeah. so yeah because those road trips are big bonding experiences i mean not only that but I think a hotel's worst nightmare after fire and flood is hockey players. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: for sure. I mean, feel sorry for those hotel workers, you gotta say that. But <laughs> it's I mean that's something I really love. Like those hotel nights, I mean those three game weekends and staying at a hotel. I mean it, it makes you bond as a team. Like you can do how much like team bonding as you want, but nothing beats a like long bus trip with the team. It's it's a blast. <laughs>
0: You learn who you don't want to sit to in the next bus ride, that's for sure.
2: Yes. Yeah, for <laughs> sure.
0: So being from Gothenburg, and am I pronouncing that right? Because I've never pronounced anything right the whole time I lived in Denmark. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, very good. It's Gothenburg, yeah. Or like, the okay. body it's a Swedish one, but like, that's, that's tough.
0: Yeah, I, I learned after, I think, living there for, like I said, the last two and a half years that, I was saying "futex" wrong the whole time. I kept calling it "fotex," and nobody corrected me forever. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I said a lot of things wrong there. I was. Uh, I think people just gave up on me. But anyone who listens to podcasts knows. Yeah. Uh, once I start saying French Canadian names, it's over. Um, yeah. Uh, not ma- not making it through there, but f- you know, being from there. Uh, so are you for Lunda fan?
2: No, I'm not. I'm a no. three seventy one fan.
0: Okay, A three seventy one. My
2: parents are from uh, a small town. Yeah, I mean they're doing. it, I mean they're second to last right now in relegation spot. So, yeah, it's a oh, tough
0: year, wow. tough weird year to be A three seventy one. fan, I tell you that? Oof, yeah, I can imagine then if because uh, yeah, like, it is it the yeah. same system there in Sweden where you, then you're relegated to the league below it.
2: Yeah, so you play relegation plays like the. Last and second last play a best out of seven series, and uh, loser gets relegated to the tier below. So, I mean, kind of walking on nails (laughs) right now, and tough to sleep being a HP seventy one fan. But I have my high hopes. I think they're gonna be good. So,
0: I think sometimes that we could do that sometimes with some of these uh, NHL AHL squads. Like I really do think that the instead of the worst team in the NHL being rewarded with the first overall draft pick which almost always happens. So we do want to mm-hmm. thank you, Jack, uh, the goaltender for the USPHL Chicago crush for jumping on with us today.
2: Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it a lot. It's super fun.
0: No, it's been great talking to you. We learned a lot about things and now me and Heath are both going to be looking online to figure out how to get Swedish candy. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm, you I'm doing it. it
2: right now. <laughs> Sounds great, man. Sounds great. I mean, you won't forget it. Thank me later.
0: And I will. Were you ordered out of Pennsylvania? He said
2: yeah i mean there's different stores. i know there's some in new york and some in los angeles too so i mean they're kind of all over the place we're starting to take over so
0: is it more gummy candy or hard candy
2: i mean the thing or is a it's, I, it's a huge mix like you can choose whatever candy you want uh i mean as a sweet, like we're i mean my sweet tooth is insane like i have to have something sweet every day uh so yeah, it's um, it's a big, big mix, I would say. I mean, licorice, too. Yeah, I mean, I know I know Americans hate licorice, but that's the best.
0: OK, now I will say this. I loved black. A keyboard there is loved. Past tense. Uh, black yeah, If licorice. you say
1: black licorice right now. Oh, I dear. loved it's
0: it the... moving to Copenhagen. I loved it. The problem is he's not lying. I guess it's the same you're from what I'm from what I'm hearing saying Sweden. It's in everything. You can't get a tea in Copenhagen without somehow black licorice being part of it.
2: Yeah. It's, it's insane. It,
0: black licorice is in everything.
2: Yeah. I know. I went back for Christmas now when my coach the Maltese he was like, "Yeah, you better bring me some black licorice uh, back here." So I got him normal candy and then I got him toothpaste but like oh
0: god that does exist I mean, that's right.
2: interesting yeah
0: like the salted black licorice was something like i loved and then i got there and once you've you've had it for like the first couple months i guess for me moving there uh and then i'm like okay i want something else I couldn't find it and so it was mm-hmm. a struggle for me to find hard candy that wasn't licorice based even moving back here to i've lived in canada previously for a few years but moving now back here to canada and i couldn't find hard candy anywhere just can't like it's it just it's like it's suddenly non-existent it's like werther's i, I can't find it so we fortunately because we're out in souk now souk on, on vancouver island there's a place called vip hard candy um mm-hmm. i was out for a walk one night and walked past this uh Uh, this Indian restaurant that I really want to try to get to. And I saw in the distance candy and I'm like, okay, candy store. And I walked up, it was closed, but I saw VIP hard candy. I'm like, Oh my God, I finally found a place that just sells hard candy because I couldn't find it. And I'm just saying the reason hard candy has become important is because, you know, if you're trying to, not for you young men out there, but once you get a little bit older and everything you look at suddenly adds weight onto you, suddenly hard candy becomes very appealing because You can have candy for a long period of time and you're not adding a lot of calories to yourself. But this place also, when we walked in there uh, the day later, uh, because I was waiting for it to be open, they have none of the added garbage into it. No high fructose corn syrup, anything. Everything they make is made right there in shop. They said they work seven days a week to make their candy, but they're only open four days a week. And their candy is incredible. They have this Anaimo candy, which I guess for listeners that are familiar with Nanaimo bars, it's the best thing out there. It tastes exactly like an Nanaimo bar. Like, the candy here, incredible. So I guess that's a free shout out there for VIP hard candy here in Souk. So if you're listening and you're in, you're on the island, come check it out. But finding the candy that you want being shipped in through a company in Pennsylvania, it's got to be a pretty... So how often do you have those boxes come into you?
2: Oh, it's different. I mean, now I came I recently home for Christmas. I mean, I bought a lot of candy back home, but I got me and my captain this year Nikki sailor he's in love with it too so we any day we can and our part like our craving candy we just sit on that their website and order how much we can i guess so yeah. sometimes two times a week sometimes still have a little bit of a gap but i mean never more than two weeks
0: enjoy you gentlemen when you can eat whatever you want and not only yeah. that, you're like you're both high performing athletes too, so you need all the extra calories you can get. So yeah, gotta be good. Yeah, <laughs> so, But uh, but thanks, Jack, again for coming on. And uh, we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date. Uh, and that said, this is the Pinnacle Hockey Podcast with Chris and Heath. Thanks, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear crease.